but here we are today and we're going to celebrate Jesus. We are actually, those of you who hadn't been here, um, we are in Colossians. We've been in Colossians about three years now, and it's a, it's a long book. It's four chapters, uh, and uh, we're on chapter two. We're about halfway through. So uh, some people uh, believe that this could be the fulfillment of the seven-year tribulation, this sermon series. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but we're gonna be we're gonna be at Colossians two today because the the verse that we're at fits with uh, resurrection. So we're in Colossians chapter two, and just so far, I mean, what we've determined in Colossians two, the reason Paul, the apostle Paul, wrote a book to the the church, the Christians in a city called uh, Colossae, uh, and so this is this is the letter that he wrote to the church, telling them that he was thankful, he had never met these people in, in, in his life, but he had heard about them, and he said, I'm thankful to hear that you have given your life to Jesus. You have received Jesus as your Lord. And, and he says, okay, since, since you've received Jesus as your Lord, I want you to mature and grow in him. And the way you grow and mature in Christ is you keep finding things out about Jesus and, and, and finding out what he has told us, what he has said. And number one, you believe that. So you find out what he said. You continue to believe what he said. And then you continue to do what he said. And he said that is the key to being a mature Christian. You don't have to go searching under an oak tree somewhere hoping to find a set of glasses and a book that you can magically read the pages to know how to grow as a Christian, Paul says, if you want to know uh, how to grow as a Christian, you just keep reading those words of Jesus and the words that Jesus' apostles, because God, Jesus said to his apostles, you go tell people what I said. So when we read John and we read the writings of, of uh, uh, even Matthew and when we read the writings of Paul, these are people who Jesus specifically spoke to and said, Here's what I want you to tell people. And so read those words, believe it, and do it. <clears throat> That's the hard part, by the way. Believing it and do it, doing it is the hard part. And so it's not easy to grow as a Christian, but it's very simple. It's very simple, but you don't have to look any further than Jesus Christ. Paul writes in, I'm going to read verse 6. This is not in your notes. Colossians uh, 2, 6 says, Therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. Plain and simple, live like Jesus is your Lord. Okay? Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you're taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Verse 8. Verse 8 is in your bulletin, I believe, is it not? Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Just, I want to just, what that means, real simple. If somebody comes and tells you you need to do this in order to be really mature and grow and smart in your, in your Christian faith, and it's not what Jesus taught or what Jesus' apostles taught, it's not going to make you stronger in Christ. It may be neat. There's some neat stuff out there that Jesus didn't say. 
But it's not going to help you mature in the faith. You don't need to find some secret knowledge that Jesus didn't tell and Jesus' disciples and apostles didn't tell in order to grow in Christ. You just find out what he did say and work on that. So you're not taken captive. For in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells in body. All right, so again, what is he saying there? When Jesus said something, it was God saying something. So when the, Jesus told the apostles to tell people something, God told the apostles to tell people something. All right? He is the head of every rule and authority. In Jesus, this is what we talked about last week, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Reason he brought that up, people were saying, if you really want to be mature in Jesus, you got to be circumcised like the Jews are, according to the law of Moses. Paul's like, did Jesus say that? Did Jesus tell all his people they needed to be uh, circumcised in order to, he didn't. So it's not according to Christ, all right? It's not a bad thing, but, it's, but it doesn't get you any closer to Jesus either. Doesn't get you any further away, doesn't get you any closer. We're almost to today. In him you're also circumcised with a circumcision without, made without hands by the circumcision of Christ. Our circumcision is having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Hold on. So we were buried with him through baptism. Here is the Christian, bap, Christian circumcision is be having the flesh, the, the me that, was, that, was, uh, that obeyed the flesh. Let me, let me say it like this. The, the life in which and over which I am the Lord of. Okay? When you are born, you are the Lord of your life. Okay? Everything in you when you're born revolves around you. You don't even know it, but it does. My diaper's wet. Someone should do something about that. My diaper's dirty. Someone should do something about that. I'm hungry. Someone should do something about that. Somebody needs to do something. And what is our mode of communication when any of those happen? I'm tired. Somebody should do something about that. What is our mode of communication? We never outgrow that. We never outgrow that. Anytime we are unhappy, it's always somebody else's fault. And somebody else should do something about that. Don't you feel that way? That's the life of the flesh. That's what you're born into. That's the reason Bob Dylan said, I was stone cold dead when I stepped out of the womb. That's a born already ruined with me on the throne of my life. And that's the way you live until you put Jesus on the throne of your life. You live with you as Lord of your life. Now, some of us have signed our lives over to other things. Namely, what, 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 what the, the Bible teaches is namely sin. We have sold ourselves as slaves to sin. But we did that because we were the Lord of our life, and we've chosen to do that. And so we allow and put ourselves under the slavery of sin. What does that mean? No longer am I just doing what is good and right, but, you know, what I feel is best, but there's actually something inside of me that sees a wet paint sign and wants to touch it. Sinful nature. Sinful nature. Somebody that tells me to do something that I would have no problem doing if somebody hadn't told me to do it. And I'm not going to do it because you told me to do it. What is that? That is the flesh. That is somebody else is the Lord of your life and you're not going to have it. 
And so that flesh is the Lord of your life. And that's what happens to everybody. And everybody that's ever lived has had themselves and sin on the throne of their lives. And again, the only thing that changes that is when that you and sin get replaced on the throne by Jesus as Lord. Now, Paul is writing to people who have already done that. You have already received Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, he says. But Paul goes back here, okay? He says, when did, when did the throne switch sitters? That's a terrible way of putting that. That's what came out. Okay? When did, it, when did who was sitting on the throne change? Paul says when you were baptized. When you were baptized, you had faith in Christ, okay, you received Jesus as your Lord, and then you're baptized, and you go under, and what Paul says is that old you that was on the throne with sin right there really telling you and forcing you to do its own will, died is what Paul says. That, that person, that identity of who you were died when you went under that water, and you were brought back up, and when you were brought back up, God puts his Holy Spirit in you, and that is what makes you alive. Look at what he says. Colossians 2, verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So you were... You were, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, okay? I said, we've all been there. Some of you in here just might still be there. And if you're there, you're in good company because we've all been there. We've all been there and done that. <clears throat> but you don't have to stay there, and you don't want to stay there. You don't want to stay dead. If you are the Lord of your life and sin is the Lord of your life, in other words, if Jesus Christ is not making the calls in your life, that puts it different, don't it? I'm not talking about you just say, hey, I believe Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Do you believe Jesus died on the cross? Absolutely. For your sins? Absolutely. Do you believe he rose again from the dead? Absolutely. You know why? Because you can say that and there's no cost to that. That's cheap. And that's not what faith is, by the way. If, if that's what you think faith is, you've been lied to. Faith is not, I believe, that a, a, a fact uh, 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 something happened. That's not faith. There, there's a reason it says, as you have received Jesus as Lord. There's a reason it says that, okay? So, so you can actually be in here today and think, I'm good because I believe those facts about Jesus. But the reality is, is Jesus your Lord? That's the key. That's what makes the difference. Uh, if, you, if Jesus is not your Lord then you and sin are still on the throne of your life. And if that's you, Paul says you are dead. You are dead. D-E-D-D, -E -D -D, dead. Dead. <clears throat> Greek word. Everybody came for a Greek word today. Here it is. Necros. N-E-K-R-O-S. Means dead, D-E-A-D. -E Somebody misspelled that. D-E-A-D. Means lifeless. Means, means it's the absence of life. What lacks life? If Jesus is not on the throne of your life, you lack life. You lack life. 
We, we sang about it this morning. I was breathing but not alive. That's what, that's what Paul says you are if Jesus is not on the throne of your life. You are dead. You lack life. You are dead in your trespasses. What is a trespass? Define this is in your notes. A false step, a deviation from the truth, an error, a slip up, a wrongdoing that can be relatively unconscious and, uh, and not deliberate. In other words, you didn't just make a conscious decision to be dead and to, and, and to go away from the path that Jesus laid out. You didn't make the conscious decision. You did it without, you're so good at sinning because sin is on the throne and you're on the throne, you don't even think about it being your Lord. But let me say this, if Jesus is your Lord, you have to think about it. You have to think about it. If you don't think about it, Jesus is not your Lord. I'm just being honest with you. There's a reason that, 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 that the scripture tells us to consider ourselves dead to sin. That means think about it. That means think about it. Anyway, if you live on autopilot, you are living according to the flesh and not the spirit, not Jesus. It says you were dead in your trespasses. You are dead and you are on a dead end road. That's not leading to the truth. You are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Again, we talk, what does that mean? It means that that you that's on the throne has not yet been stripped away. That's what that means. You are still living with that you making the decision and calling the shots in your life. And if you call the shots in your life, you are not alive, but you are dead, according to what Paul is saying. The Lord is your flesh. I mean, your flesh is the Lord. You obey its voice. You do what your flesh wants to do. And this, by the way, is, is touted as some kind of amazing breakthrough in our culture today. That somehow you are brave and courageous by following your flesh. Applauded for following your flesh. The flesh leads to death. It, it, it is death and it leads to death. It would be like you seeing me about to have a heart attack because... I am so overweight and my cholesterol is so high. And you send me eat a hot wing and you go and you go boy. <laughs> you go boy. Or seeing me being a diabetic and laying on a hospital bed dying because my sugar is too high and insulin can't even keep up. And you seeing me eating a whole chocolate cake and you going, way to go. I'm so proud of you. It leads to death. That's what our culture does. That's what our culture does. It, it leads. It, it, the reason the flesh brings about death is because it does not watch where it's going. Very dangerous, by the way, not to watch where you're going. Very easy not to with phones. How many of you ever run into anything texting? How many of you have almost been hit by a car because you're texting? How many of you have been the one that almost hit somebody in your car? Because you're texting. What? Texting, yeah, it happens, right? 
you got to watch where you're going. The flesh doesn't watch where it's going. The flesh follows impulses. Ooh, that looks fun. <laughs> going right after it. Does not give any thought to the fact that, hey, there's death at the end of that. There's poison at the end of that. This is going to lead to destruction. Flesh doesn't care. Flesh just says, my diaper's dirty, my diaper is wet, I'm hungry, I'm tired. Somebody ought to do something about it. Okay? Now, now what I'm talking about is, is when you're still on the throne of your life, that's the way you live. You are the Lord of your life. Living that way will lead to chaos, disaster, and death. And again, you don't believe me? Look out your window. Read the news. Scroll through Facebook. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says it like this. This is in your notes as well and on the screen. You who were dead. No. Acts chapter, I mean, uh, Ephesians 2, 1, please. It is in there, right? All right, it's in your bulletin. It will be on the screen, Lord willing. Uh, Ephesians 2, 1. Listen to the similarities in this and what we read in Colossians. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You see that connection? You were dead in the trespasses and sins, not on what's on the screen. The trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Can we just take that off the screen? Uh, can we just make the screen blank? No. There, okay, all right, there we go, there we go. So, you, as for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world. The world goes, way to go, you keep following your flesh, I'm so proud of you. Not watching where it's leading, where it's going, doesn't care, just wants to follow the flesh. Following the prince of the power of the air, guess who that is? The devil. <laughs> Following that voice that's on your shoulder that says, hit them. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of, obedience, of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, I've been there, done that, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of our body and the mind, and we look what it says, we were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. So one, one thing I want you to get of this, quit pointing the finger at all those sinners out there because you and I used to be one of those. Okay, We have no room to condemn somebody for being a heathen because we've been heathens. And we were not saved because we decided one day not to be heathens anymore. We were saved because one day we decided to receive Jesus and put him on the throne. And we can't take any credit for that, by the way. He does the work. But anyway, we were... Children of wrath. Wrath is what you get when you are the Lord of your life. Wrath, looking at wrath, automatically you may think of hellfire and brimstone. Earthquakes. Mad God. Grr. You know, that kind of God that slings down punishment. Earthquakes. Floods. All that. Volcanoes. Whatever. Plagues. That's not what wrath is talking about right there. Now, there is going to come a time where God's wrath will be poured out. But the wrath he's talking about here, okay, is not that. By the way, when's the last time you sinned and God struck you with lightning? 
or made a volcano erupt right beside you or sent an earthquake right beside you. It doesn't happen. The times I see it, it's like nothing physically happens. So how am I a child of wrath? In Romans 1, everything goes back to Romans. Romans 1, Romans 1 says the wrath of God is revealed against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And it says how it's, how it's revealed. It says that when I want something that's going to be destructive to me, I want my flesh wants something that's going to destroy me and destroy others. The wrath of God is God saying, okay, if you want it that bad, have at it. That's it. Read, read Romans 1. God gave them over to. Why did he give them over to it? Because that's what they wanted. God, why won't you let me sleep with whoever I want to? Why do I have to stick to only my wife? Why do I just have to stick to one woman? Don't you know all I'm missing out? God, if you just let me sleep with whoever. Finally, God says, okay, see how that works out for you. And we have, or they did. We've, I think, learned the lesson now. We're back to one wife. But that's what the flesh does. The flesh wants to do something. God says, don't do that. It's going to destroy you. But I want it, and I want it now. And God says, okay, but you're going to endure the consequences of that. It's the wrath of God. We were all children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Back to Colossians. At one time we were all there. Some of you still are that. Letting your flesh call the shots. I want to encourage you today. Think about where you're headed. Watch where you're going. Watch where you're going. Think about where this is going to lead. If I do this, what's going to happen? Sure, I'm going to enjoy the hot wings right now. When I get on the scales later on, this is me talking, not condemn, condemning it. That's me talking to me, okay? Breakfast was wonderful, by the way, this morning. <coughs> Lots of gravy, two sausage balls. And y'all let me do it. I was really testing you for the message's sake to see if any of y'all loved me. And uh, No, nobody stood up and applauded me for having sausage and gravy today. Thank you. It was good. It was good. So here's the deal. So all of us, all of you who used to be like that, but, but, but the throne has swapped sitters. I wish I could think of a better way to say that. Carrie, any better way to say that? Occupants. There you go. The, the, the throne has swapped occupants. That's a big, big word for me. All right. <laughs> Verse, uh, uh, verse 13, you who are dead in your, tra- dead again, lacking life, in the trespasses, going the wrong direction, headed on a dead end street, and the uncircumcision of my flesh, which means my flesh is still calling the shots, God made alive together with Christ. Again, when did he do that and how did he do that? He made me who was dead and had no no ability to say no to my flesh. I was a, a slave to my flesh and a slave to sin. God made me alive together with Christ. And again, he says that happens at baptism. When I determine, when I determine that I am not good on the throne. I was not created to be on the throne. You ever wished you were the president of the United States? Well, I wish I was that. No, no. Well, I wish I called the shots. 
I wish I made the rules. I wish I could tell people what to do and when to do it. I wish I, you ever wanted to be God? You just wanted to be, hey, I wish I could just. We weren't made to be that. Now, we might have been made to sit on the president, you know, the, uh, be president, but you were not made to sit on the throne of God. God was made to sit on the throne. wasn't made, but God is the only one that belongs on the throne of my life and your life. Okay? And you are made alive when you decide, I'm off the throne and my flesh needs to die because it brings chaos and destruction and death. So when that happens, baptism, you die to that old person that calls the shots. And you are brought back and you're made alive with Christ. With Christ. Which means the same life that Jesus that raised Jesus from the dead, raises you up. That's what it says at the end of verse 12. In which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Faith, I'm not talking about action, I'm talking about believing. But believing Jesus and believing that he is true and right and Lord. According to the powerful working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. That same power is in you if, you, if Jesus is on the throne in your life. Okay? At that very moment, you became alive. Here's my question. Those of you who have been through that, you put Jesus on the throne. You died. That old self of you disappeared. The new life has come. Again, we said with him. How, a good way to think about that is in marriage. You've been united with Jesus like Jacob and Chrissy have been united in marriage. Okay? That's, what, that's what's happened. You become one with Jesus. Okay? He's your Lord. You become one with him, you rise again, you're made alive with him. Are you living according to the power of Jesus through his Holy Spirit that is living inside of you, living as if Jesus is really Lord of your life? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? And if not, and you have, you have, repented of your sins, you've received him as your Savior and Lord, you've gone through baptism, raised up, he can be Lord of your life. You've told him to be Lord of your life. You've made him Lord of your life, but are you living that out? You can through the power of the Holy Spirit. Same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So you're no longer dead. What is dead? What's the definition of dead? D-E-D-D. What is the definition of dead? Huh? Lifeless. What lacks life? Right? So what is the def definition of alive? Okay. Resurrection of Christ. That's how it happens. Huh? H having life. Having life. I if dead is what lacks life, what is alive? What has life? If you have received Jesus as your Lord, you have life. You have the ability through the Holy Spirit, to live with Jesus as Lord. You can't do it apart from that. Now, here's a problem. There was a time when I tried to live as Jesus as my Lord without the power of the Holy Spirit, without leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit, without relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. I just thought because I believed in Jesus, His death, His resurrection. 
that I could do it and I should be able to do it. And I wasn't able to do it. And I think it was a combination of things. One, I wasn't relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. And two, I really don't think Jesus was my Lord. I think I wanted to sit on the throne and, and just be able to do it on my own still. That doesn't work. For Jesus to be, Jesus got to be on the throne. The Holy Spirit's got to live in your life. Okay? So here, here's the deal. If when you are dead, the flesh and sin is make, calling the shots, who's calling the shots if you're alive? Both, yes. Jesus and the Spirit. Romans chapter, we're almost through. Stick with me. I know those of you who got up early for the sunrise service are like, come on now. Romans 8. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8. I told you everything goes back to Romans. I read, I, I, was, I actually listened to an audio book of this brilliant scholar who said everything that's, that's important is in Romans. That's what he said, basically. And I was like, I agree with that. Romans. If it's not in Romans, it's not true is what he said. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. I want you to get this. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the spirit if the spirit of God dwells in you. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Again, when does that happen? When by faith you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you go baptized under the water, death to the old man, flesh, that old me gets stripped away, raised to newness of life. That's got to happen, guys. You can't do it with that dead person still alive calling the shots. you got to die if you're going to be made alive. But once that happens and you're made alive, you're brought back to life, that God sticks his Holy Spirit in you. Sticks is probably not the right term. But that's what he does. He puts places, pours out, fills you with the Holy Spirit inside of you, which is power and life. The Spirit is life. You're not in the flesh if the Spirit lives in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, by the way, is dead. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, what does that mean? My flesh, that old me, is gone. Buried under the water. The spirit is life because of righteousness. If the, Look what he says in verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead, God, lives in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal. What does mortal mean? It's going to die one day. My mom fussed at me for saying grandma's going to die. We do call her grandma. <laughs> so that she has, we're all going to die still. It's what mortal bodies means, by the way. But this says, if the Holy Spirit lives in me, he's going to give life to this body that's going to die through the Spirit that lives in me. Now, here's where, this is where, okay. Most, not most of us, some of us are waiting for everything to be made right when we die and are raised from the dead. Like, we are looking forward to the resurrection so that every tear can be wiped away from our eyes, so that we won't have any more trouble, so that we won't have any more pain, so that we won't have to study war no more. You ever heard that song? We're waiting for that one some glad morning when I'll fly away and we'll be in the resurrection and then it'll be great. That's not the plan of God. It's part of it. The plan of God is for you to live with the power of the Holy Spirit, that resurrection life in you right now. Jesus said... Jesus said to, to Martha, whose, la, whose, whose son, I mean brother, Lazarus was dead. Martha says, I know Lazarus is going to rise again at the resurrection. What did Jesus say to her? 
I am the resurrection and the life. I, I feel like we're waiting on some glad morning when what God wants us to do is live with resurrection life right now. And you know why you can do it? Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he lives inside of you. And so you have this power, immense, amazing power that was able to raise Jesus from the dead. So if, 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 if he can do that, is there anything he can't do? He can do anything. Nothing is impossible. He can even take you who are such a failure and who has so many failures to look at in the past and has tried so many times and failed. And he can take you and he can do miraculous things with you because of his power, not yours. Your body, mortal body, he has brought to life. He is Lord of your life, but are you living it? And is he the Lord of your life? What in your life shows that he is your Lord? That he's calling the shots? We were at a men's retreat one time. I said, oh, it's about done. I am about a men's retreat one time, and we were talking about prayer and our times with the Lord in prayer. And this guy, every time we'd ask him how he prayed, he would say, we pray for every meal. Before every meal, we pray. Very good. Very good. I'd encourage you to pray before meals. Thank God for what he's given you. That's biblical, by the way. Jesus prayed before he ate. He lifted up. Thank you, Father. Okay? That's what the blessing is. Thank you for this. <clears throat> But we kept talking about spending time with the Lord. And he was like, we pray before every meal. And he said it like four times when we were just talking about how much time do you really spend with the Lord in prayer? And he said, we pray before every meal. A week, two weeks later, we find out that he has completely left his wife <laughs> for the second time. Stranded in Gatlinburg <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> Was supposed to pick her up at Cracker Barrel. She waited for him. Twice. <laughs> he had, when she got home, he had moved all his stuff out and was gone. She took him back. It happened again. What, what's the point there? Praying for your meal is awesome. It does no good whatsoever if Jesus is not Lord of your life. Jesus is not fooled. Oh, they must, I must be the Lord of their life. They thank me for their hamburger today. He deserves it. He deserves being thanked for your hamburger today. But that's not going to make the difference in your life. And that's not what it is to have Jesus as Lord of your life. Jesus being the Lord of your life is Jesus has said, do this. I believe in it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to. And mainly, 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 love people, your brothers and sisters, as he has loved you. Man, that's tough. That's tough. And you can't do it if Jesus is not Lord of your life. You won't even think about doing it if Jesus is not Lord of your life. But when you think about it, because Jesus is the Lord of your life, you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit within you. But here's the deal. You have no excuse not to do it if the power of the Holy Spirit is in you either. He expects you to do it because you can do it. 
And the reason we do it, it glorifies the Father, which is the point of him bringing you back up out of the water and not just forgiving your sins. But that, We'll talk about that next week. We're going to close with this. I'm not even going to turn there. It's in your bulletin. But Jesus says there basically are two paths. There's a broad path that most people go down, and that path leads to what? Death, destruction. Destruction. Many there are who find it. You know, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. Many there are who find it. Why? Because it's the natural way. You don't have to think about it. You just follow. My flesh wants this. I'll do that. Just do what you want to do. You sit on the Lord, as Lord of your life, which you're born into. You don't even have to change occupants to do that. It's just natural. We just float down this way that leads to destruction because I'm on the throne and it's just the way it is. But he says narrow is the path. Narrow and hard is the way that leads to life. And few who find it. Why? Because that requires a change of occupants. And it requires a certain one being put on the throne. Jesus himself. And not just being put on the throne and given some lip service. But him being put on the throne and really being Lord of your life. Lived out by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus deserves. It's the only thing that leads to life. It's the only thing that leads to life. So here's what I want to share with you. I don't want you to be fooled in thinking you can just be the Lord of your life. And in the end... It'll lead you to heaven. It's just not the way Jesus said it was going to be. Many are going to come to me and say, Lord, Lord, they ain't going to make it. They ain't going to make it. I'm on to, they're going to do all these things for me. Remember what he said. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and they'll say, didn't we prophesy in your name? And somebody prophesies nowadays in the church, and we like, build a temple in their honor or something. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's important. It's powerful. We, we look up to people that prophesy, by the way. We do, and it's good. Prophecy is building up in the church. We need more of it at Grace, more, a lot more of it. But these people have prophesied, cast out demons. Jesus said, I never knew you. I didn't we give thanks for our food? At least at Christmas and Easter? <laughs> Don't you remember me writing that check to the church, Jesus? I never knew you. Does he know you? Is he the Lord of your life? Jesus gives the Jesus gives the 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 remedy to that in the very next verse, by the way. How to not have him say, I never knew you. He said, therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and does them. Therefore, so that you don't end up telling me I'm your Lord and me saying I never knew you. Those who hear these words of mine and do them. Let me ask you just plain and simple. Do you even know the words he's talking about right there? You need to know them. They're important. It's how your life goes from one that crashes when the, when the storms come to one that stands firm when the storms come. Find out what Jesus has said. 
believe it. Live it by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you when you choose to, to, to get off the throne and put him there. Receive him as your Lord and Savior so that he will receive you and not say, away, away from me. Amen. If you're in here today and he's not your Lord, he can be. He can be. But you have to make that choice. He's not going to rip you off the throne. It's your choice to say, you know what? I've made a mess of this stuff. Now, here's the deal. If you just want your mess cleaned up, that's not what he does either. In Romans, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to let you do what you want to do that's going to bring destruction, but I won't let you see destruction. No, I'm going to let you do what you want to do, and you're going to see the destruction of it. So if you just want your mess cleaned up, Jesus is not your Lord. But if you want to swap seats with Jesus and let him be on your throne, you can make that choice to do that. I'd encourage you to do that. Receive Jesus as your Lord and walk in him. Live like it. By the power of the spirit that lives in you, not on your own strength. And what that looks like is, God, I can't forgive them. I need you to help me forgive them. I need you to forgive them through me. God, I can't even stand to look at them. Holy Spirit, I need you to change my attitude towards them so that I can look at them in love. Jesus, I can't do good to them. I hate them in my heart. I, I want to see them punished. And I know that's not what you said I need to do and, I, and, and how I need to feel. So Holy Spirit, remove the hatred in my heart. and Give me love for them and help me to do good for them. That's living by the Spirit. It's not too hard for It's not too difficult. It's hard, but it's not too, it's not too complex. But live it out. If you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. I don't normally do this, but I want to do this today. If you're in here today and Jesus really isn't your Lord, you may have given lip service at times, but he's really not your Lord. Um, you really don't let him call the shots. You, you sit on the throne of your life. And, and today you, you are ready to, to swap seats and to let him be your Lord. Not just a Savior. He's that when he's Lord, by the way. He will save you. We'll talk about that next week. But if you're ready to let him really be the Lord of your life, you're ready to get off the throne and say, you know what, uh, this old person, this person that's led by my flesh has got to go. If you're ready for that old you to die and for the new you in Christ to live, you don't have to come to the altar. You don't have to raise your hand. You just have to say, Jesus, I give you your rightful throne. I get off the throne of my life. I've, I've lived there far too long. And I get off the throne and I put you there. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord. The old me that was a deep failure and brought so much trouble has been crucified with Christ. It's been buried. And the me that lives now 
is the me that lives through the power of Christ in me. If you need to do that today, do that today. Say that today. To the Lord, He hears your prayer. Thank you, Jesus. For the rest of you, I assume either one that you don't want Jesus to be Lord, which is your your prerogative, or that he's already your Lord. And I just want to encourage you, make sure you're living like it. And make sure you're living like it through the power of the Holy Spirit, not your own strength. We really do have resurrection power living on the inside. Let's let it get out. Stand up with me if you would. Let's close out with this. Okay. All right. If you don't know it, it's real simple. Yeah.